You are listening to episode number 47 of Wife, Teacher, Mommy, the podcast, how to achieve work-life balance as a wife, teacher, mommy with Sarah Snyder. Did you know that one in every four teachers work 60 hours a week and the average teacher works about 47 hours, according to Forbes? It's kind of crazy, but yet it's kind of believable. And we're talking about how to cut down those hours and get more balance today. you're here listening to Wife, Teacher, Mommy, the podcast today. I'm your host, Kelsey Sorensen, a former elementary teacher turned homeschool mom. Whether you are a teacher or a homeschool parent, my goal at Wife, Teacher, Mommy is to provide you with both teaching ideas and mindset tools to help you live your absolute best teacher life. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Now let's go. Welcome. I'm so excited to be here today talking about this very, very important topic. Because as you know, if you're listening today, being a teacher can just feel like this all-consuming job that takes so much out of you. You're planning lessons, you're teaching all day, you're attending meetings, you're checking emails, you're staying up grading papers, you're thinking about a student and their personal needs or their educational needs. Heck, you're even going into work sick because it's better than writing emergency subplans. Those can be a teacher's worst nightmare. And your role as an educator is one of just many hats that you wear on a daily basis, though. Like, you're not just a teacher. You are a teacher, but you have other roles in your life, too. Like, maybe you're a mom or a dad or a grandparent or a sister or brother, an aunt or uncle, neighbor, community volunteer. The list goes on and on. We just have so many things in our lives, and they're all great things. But do you ever feel like you want to be the best teacher you can be without dropping the ball in those other areas of your life? And the truth is you can, but we don't need to go out it alone. And that is why I'm here today on the podcast, and I'm here with an amazing teacher who's been a part of our community for three and a half years now. Her name is Sarah Snyder, and she is a member of the Wife Teacher Mommy Club community. She's been part of our community for over three and a half years. She found us when she was pregnant with her three and a half year old, and she found our maternity leave binder, and that helped her out. And she talks a little bit about that. But she's been in our Wife Teacher Mommies Unite group, like from the beginning. She's been an original member of Wife Teacher Mommy Club, and she is just such an experienced educator in so many ways, which you'll hear about on this episode. And she has so much to share with all of you about balancing your life as a Wife Teacher Mommy. So don't miss this one. Keep listening. So let me share a little bit about her before we dive in. So Sarah got her bachelor's degree from Bradley University in elementary education, Spanish, social studies, language arts, 
and a master's in special education from Lindenwood University. And she's currently working on an additional certification as a psychological examiner, which she talks a little bit more about in the episode. She's taught ages from pre-K through 12th grade. In the last six years, she's been focusing on teaching third through fifth in special education. And she says she loves her job most days. She's been married for nearly 11 years and her kids are five and three. So she's very busy between teaching, kids, classwork, husband. And she is from Kansas City, Missouri. So Um, or that area at least. So we're going to be diving in today. We're going to be talking about how you're going to find more work-life balance as a teacher and how even though it's easy to get sucked into our jobs and the never-ending to-do list, we're going to talk about how we say no to that and how we get into finding time for all the other amazing things in our lives. So without further ado, let's get into today's interview. Okay. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for coming on the podcast today. I'm so excited to finally be chatting face to face. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah, it's been so much fun. You've been a part of our Wife Teacher Mommy community. We were just talking before we started recording for like three and a half years now. That's so fun. Yeah, there's lots of great resources that I've been able to take advantage of and use and use in my classroom. I love that. I'm so glad that you found it like so helpful and that it's helping you and your students and everything. But before we really dive in, can you tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself? So like where you're from, what you're currently teaching, your teaching background, and just anything about yourself? Sure. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in elementary education, and I also have certifications at the middle school level. I have a master's degree in special education. I'm working on additional certification to be a psychological examiner currently, so I will be able to do IQ testing and academic testing and all kinds of testing on all my little friends. I've taught pre-K all the way up to 12th grade, um, a combination of like self-contained classrooms and Um, resource rooms. And then my personal life, I've been married for nearly 11 years. I have a five and a three-year-old. So we are, we're a pretty busy house between what our, our jobs entail and what our kids require and schoolwork for my master's program and grading papers and inputting grades and all that that entails. So you obviously, you have a lot going on with like all your family life and you have this wide variety of teaching experience and you're working on this additional certification that sounds fascinating. I would love to hear more about that too. You also, you do your tutoring and everything after school too. So you're, you just have a lot going on. How do you feel like you balance all that? It's just hard. I do a lot of scheduling, a lot of calendars. Luckily with my kids being the ages they are, like they're not they're not involved in all of the sports and everything at this point. They're they're kind of just kind of starting out their lives as far as friends. We live in the country. We have 15 acres, so we go outside and play. We we have fun just the four of us going out and doing stuff and hanging out. So their calendar isn't so full, but I have my calendar at the beginning of each semester of my classes, I schedule out what every due date is and start planning ahead, working ahead, making a plan. Okay, well, this paper is going to take me a week or so to write and make sure that I'm starting on it early enough ahead of time that I am able to finish it within reason. Also, I, I really try to not plan to work on like my job school stuff on nights and weekends. I've tried to like compartmentalize my life a little bit where school stays at school and so then at home I have time for family, playing with my kids, spending time with my husband, but not doing 
the grading papers and inputting grades so much at home and then prioritize my schoolwork for my classes during nap time or after bedtime. Like today I want to get this done during their nap on a Saturday or Sunday and after bedtime I'm going to accomplish this on Friday night and then Saturday night we're going to just enjoy having time together. No phones, no anything. We're just going to visit, talk, do whatever we want to do. Like sit outside in the summer and enjoy that it's a nice night and just be ourselves together. And I love that, that you make that time for like, you're like, I have my family time. I have my work time. And it sounds like you're very intentional with like your calendars. Like we talked about, you have your calendar and your kid's calendar and you're planning ahead. So that's what kind of makes it so you can have a bit more of that balance than if you're just trying to wing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I, I don't like when I'm a big scheduling person, especially with special ed, I'm looking, I just scheduled meetings today for my IEPs that are due in December because all of a sudden we get bad weather, school's canceled. We have something else come up. So I'm, I'm planning ahead six weeks out at this point for, to make sure everything gets done, but wanting to make sure that everybody has their part. I mean, it's not enjoyable to work on stuff from the time my eyes open in the morning till the time I fall asleep on the couch at night. I want to like make sure that there's time for my kids, time for my husband, time for myself. It's important that I self-care also is important to be able to just debrief and just, even if it's just literally sit on the couch for five minutes after bedtime and not have to do anything or think about anything or just to process my thoughts from my day. That's so important that we have that time to process at the end of the day. I find I always need that. Like I'm kind of an introvert in that. I'm like, okay, I need my like alone. To, like it's kind of funny because a lot of people think I'm not an introvert, but I definitely am. It's like, I need that time to process things like on my own. So I can so relate to that. And with all that, do you feel like, like I heard this statistic I want to share with you and everybody who's listening that one in four teachers work over 60 hours a week. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. But I believe it. Yeah, it's crazy, but it's believable. It's like a sad kind of crazy. Do you feel like you fall into that category or no? I I try not to. Um, and I think back on like when I was first, when I first started teaching, when I, I would go to school on weekends and I would, because, oh, the copy machine isn't busy on the weekends. So I would go up on Saturday and Sunday just so that I could get my copying done, put everything in like my Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday folders. But I don't, I don't do that anymore. I'm not going to work on the weekends. That's my family time. That's my personal time. That's, I don't get paid to work on the weekends. So therefore I need to make sure I'm making use of every minute that I have during my contract time. And even before I had kids, I get to work really early in the morning, way before contract time. And I'd stay late at night after contract time, grading those papers and making sure that my lesson plans looked absolutely perfect and making sure that every copy was made for from now till forever. Even if I stayed super late one night, magically, I'd have a whole bunch of copies I needed to make the next day too. Like, I don't, I don't understand what I, what I was doing. I wasn't going through four trees a day worth of papers, but yet I was always copying, always not using my time as wisely. And then after my daughter was born, I would still come in relatively early. I'd drop her off at daycare, but I'd leave right after school. Then after she went to bed at night, I would 
work my hours at home. The time that I would be piddling around doing whatever, grading papers after school for those late nights, I would be doing those hours at home after school. But now with two kids, I usually get to work about 20 minutes before contract time starts, which is a half an hour before school starts. And I set an alarm to leave after school at my designated time that I want to leave. Yeah. So it sounds like probably when you were a new teacher, like, oh yeah, I was definitely in that category. But now I've kind of found these ways, like one, you've learned to prioritize your, okay, my family matters. Like the work's never truly done, but like, I'm going to set an alarm and decide that I'm done now. And, and you hold yourself to that. So I love that you're doing that because it's so easy to get just sucked in to your teacher to-do list that you don't make time for those other things that matter, like spending time with your children. So what does, and I feel like we talked about a lot of how you balance and everything, but what does balance in your life mean to you and why is that important? Well, part of it is just everybody needs to feel that they have their importance in my life also. If I dedicate every minute of my waking hours to my job, my kids are going to feel neglected. My husband's going to feel neglected. It's going to, I'm not going to have a strong bond, strong relationship with my family because they're going to feel like all that I do all the time is work, but it goes the other way too. I can't dedicate all of my time to my husband and my children and neglect my work responsibilities, or I'm not going to have my things done at work. I'm my review isn't going to be that great because I'm rolling in at the last minute, rolling out as soon as our contract time is completed for the day. And I mean, I don't really do personal stuff at school. I'm working on making sure I'm doing my school stuff at school, do my home stuff at home. That's such a good point. And I, I didn't really think about it that way. But like, yeah, you're like, why am I doing my work stuff at home when you're trying to like have that balance and separation and everything like you discussed before? Okay, so, and as we've discussed throughout this episode, it's really impossible to do everything, right? And I love that you do that, like where you set the alarm and you kind of have that boundary there. But what are some things that you think a lot of teachers might be doing that they could either drastically reduce the amount of time they spend doing it or eliminate it altogether? One thing that I also did when I was newer at teaching, I back in my younger days, when I tried to grade every single paper they wrote anything on, and I felt like, well, since they took the time to do it, I need to take the time to grade the whole thing. Well, what I've found is like, especially with like math assignments, like to spot grade, if they answered, I don't know, 20 addition and subtraction problems, I pick five or seven or 10 off of the 20 problems. And those are the only ones that I'm going to grade. Just and not like the first 20 necessarily, but I, on my answer key, I'll circle which 10 I'm going to grade off the assignment because if they can do 10, they can do 20. And it also allows to modify what my kids are doing because for my slow little pokey learners, it might take them absolutely forever to do 20 addition and subtraction problems. But if I'm only going to grade 10, I might circle the 10 that I want them to do, not even have them attempt the entire page. If I can just direct them to the ones that I want and I can still demonstrate mastery based on the ones that I'm grading. Also to allow children, like the students to self-check some of their work. My kids with spelling, they love checking their own. Here's, here's a red pencil. Now check your spelling words against the answer key. And, and, and they're actually, they're honest because they, they, so, but that saves me from having to grade the spelling test for the week because they already self-checked it. I'm going to go back and glance at it and make sure that they didn't change something or overlook something. Another way to save some time is to collaborate with colleagues 
like I'll plan the math lesson for the whole school year. I'll plan what we're going to do in our math class. If you'll plan what we're going to do in reading. And then here's the worksheets even that I had planned to use for math. Here's copies for your class so that I'm not planning necessarily all the reading, all the math, all the science, all the social studies, all the spelling, but to like share with each other. Most people aren't a one like section of a grade level classroom or school where, you know, you have to do it all on your own, but work with others, collaborate with others, be a team. Plus I think that it looks better also because that means that all the classrooms of students are in the same grade level are doing the same exact work. You're showing that everyone in third grade is then struggling with this concept because they all did the same worksheet. They all had a hard time with it. We need to figure out a different way to address that topic. And I I loved both of those things you mentioned, the spot checking that you mentioned about like where that saves you time on grading, but I love how you mentioned it with differentiation too. So it kind of like serves a dual purpose because then when you're grading, you're like, okay, the students who need to not do as many, they do the ones that I'm grading. Then others, like you can just have them do more of it because they have the time and that keeps them engaged and practicing those skills more. So I love that. And then the collaborative planning, you just get to like work all together and you don't need to reinvent the wheel, you know? Are you enjoying this episode of the podcast? If so, you will love the life coaching program inside Wife Teacher Mommy Club. You will get to join us in two to three live group coaching calls on Zoom every single month. We'll pick a new topic for a workshop for our first call every month, and then have an open call or two where members can bring their own questions. Every call will be available for replay on the members only private podcast. So you can get more coaching via on the go podcast form, just like this. Plus, you will have access to our Ask a Coach page where you can submit your own questions anytime for all your teacher's struggles, big or small. The life coaching alone is worth the small $29.99 a month fee. I promise you won't find life coaching for this price anywhere else. Plus, you'll get access to our entire teaching resource library of over $4,000 worth of resources and growing every single month. Go to teacherlifecoaching.com to learn more about the life coaching inside the club. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is kind of like the mental load on teachers. So even I feel like with teaching, it's kind of a unique job where a lot of jobs you're able to like, like, okay, I'm clocked out. I'm out. I'm not even thinking about it, you know, but with teaching, you know, you're making these relationships with these children. And a lot of times there's like a mental load. You're like, oh, you're, I'm thinking about this student, or I'm still kind of like planning this lesson in my head and thinking about how it's going to go tomorrow or whatever. And I feel like there's also a big mental load with being a mom. So if you're like a wife and a mom and a teacher, there's just a big mental load. Because, and I've said that a bunch of times, but it's really because there's such a deep emotional impact. So what do you do when the mental load feels like it's just getting to be a lot to kind of take the weight off? Just it's okay to take a break, like to say, I'm done. I can't do this anymore today. I've had such a rough day at work. I I just need to be done for today. I'm going to watch a ridiculous sappy movie on Hulu or Netflix or Amazon or I I want a bubble bath. I'm just going to go fill up my tub with bubbles and I'm going to just soak in there and I don't want to read a book. I'm going to turn on some relaxing music and just relax or go for a walk or read a book or take a nap. I mean, there's times that I'm just so worn out, exhausted from whatever's been going on, whether it's work, my kids, my husband, just emotionally, I'm ready to just take that nap. And when I wake up from my nap, I can start fresh again. But it's okay to do that, to shut down and just say, 
here's my line. I've gone over the amount that I can deal with for today and my kids are in bed. Everybody is taken care of. I'm going to bed early and I will wake up tomorrow and have a fresh start on the next day and just maybe I'll feel a little more rejuvenated for whatever's to come in our house. We like to cook a lot too. So we will put the kids to bed at bedtime and do a date night at home and make a nice dinner and watch a movie. The mental load is too much, but we're done with work for the week. And so we're going to have a date night at home. When, when you're done with dinner at night and you just, you had a rough, hard day and you're just mentally exhausted. It's okay. If the dishes sit in the sink until tomorrow, it's okay to call it good and they'll still be there. And it's not going to hurt anything. If a, a, plate in the sink the next morning when you wake up so true and you want to know what I do when I'm like I just can't do the dishes I just kind of like usually run some water over them and let the water sit so that it's not so hard to scrape the next day but then I'm like I'm not doing all the scrubbing and everything today because it's just too much yeah yeah give them a quick rinse and I will scrub out the pan from the the spaghetti sauce tomorrow. I'm I'm just, I'm, I've done enough today. So true. And I also agree with sometimes like taking a nap or an early bedtime can honestly be the most productive thing you can do. Not only, and not just productive, like it's important for rest, but honestly, sometimes I really do feel like it's the most productive thing because if you try to just keep pushing through, you're not going to be at your best. Or if you allow yourself to actually take that rest, then the next day, you're going to feel so much better. I agree. Yeah, I mean, if I'm worn out and exhausted like that, I'm I'm not nice to be around and I and I recognize that mm-hmm. that when I'm tired and I'm just <laughs> emotionally drained, I'm not going to be real chipper and happy and make me upset. I I might say something I don't really mean. So therefore, it's better if I just go take that rest for 15 minutes even and then start again. Yeah. Even just like a cat nap. Yeah. And it's so true. And it's just human nature. It's like, you know, when we get like that, it's just really challenging. I guess on my next question, it's a little change of subject, but still along the line of balance. We've talked about how work-life balance, we've talked about all these tips, but it is challenging. That's why we have to do a whole podcast episode about this. And even we've had multiple podcast episodes about it. Um, And it's good to be able to like talk about it and vent with people, have people who get it. But on the flip side, we've all, it's also been said that we are kind of like the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. So if we're always around people who are always complaining and we never like try to problem solve kind of like we're doing here, it may not help us to reach those goals. So Sarah, would you agree that it's important to find teacher friends, whether they're inside your building or outside your school building, where you can vent, you can complain, you can they do get it and you can listen to each other, but then they're also striving to find that balanced life and find the solutions to the problem as well. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I have I have friends within my district and I have friends outside of my district. I've worked in several districts over the years. So I have I have people all over the place and I have a particular group of teacher friends that we all, none of us work in the same district anymore. We've all branched out to different districts, but we still have a group text that we have and we've had it since we all work together. But whether we need advice or suggestions about something or you just need a funny, silly teacher meme that you came across and just, hey, it's it's another Friday, but here's something to make you laugh on this Friday. And I mean, our, the group text goes around. It's pretty much constant. There's something pretty much every other day that somebody sends that just, just thinking of you and you know, here's, here's a funny 
or here's a funny cat video that, you know, just might make you laugh on this Wednesday night. I feel that if you are willing to share that you're looking to vent to somebody, you also have to be willing to listen to what their issues are. And sometimes it's easier to talk to my um, contacts that are out of my district because I don't have to worry so much about the confidentiality you're dropping. And if I just say this boy's or this girl, or this student, I'm not worried about them trying to put the pieces together of who I'm talking about, whereas in district, you kind of have to worry about that more. Plus, it's a fresh perspective of somebody who lives elsewhere, or teaches elsewhere, and what is your district doing in this situation? And it's important to focus on solutions, not complaining, instead of, I have a student who we're, we're really working on finding solutions to things. Her normal thing is that, like, she'll tell me, my glue's gone. Okay, well, your glue is gone. Well, what is your solution? Like, do you need to go to your locker and get another glue stick? Do you need to borrow my glue? But you could add another sentence. My glue's gone. Can I go get some more? Or my glue is gone. Can I please borrow some? But instead of just stating what your problem is, what solution do you need? And that's a life skill in teaching special ed. That's a skill that we need to work on frequently. And it's a self-help skill, but to focus on the solution. And that goes professionally too. Instead of just complaining that, oh my gosh, we've been working on subtraction with borrowing for three weeks now and they're still just not getting it. I'm just so frustrated. Instead of being frustrated by it, my students aren't understanding subtraction with regrouping. Go talk to one of those colleagues that is in a different district or the same district or down the hall or a different grade level. How how would, you know, they're not getting it. How would you teach or how else can I approach this um, topic? Because whatever I'm thinking isn't, isn't connecting with them. So how else would you suggest? That kind of thing. But to focus on how to fix it, not just griping and complaining because being griping and complaining all the time is just negative. Nobody wants to be around that all the time. Yeah, it's so true. And like from time to time, I feel like we need it. We need to vent and it's a good release, but it's fun. You're doing it over and over and over again, and you're not looking for the solutions that it can definitely become a problem. So you want to make sure you're surrounding yourself with those people who you're willing to help lift each other up. And that can look from sharing a solution or like you said, like just sending cat videos, like, you know, encouraging each other to keep on keeping on, you know, so... <laughs> Just keep swimming. So, and I think you talked about a lot of great ways that you find that for yourself. And then you also, you joined us back in Wife Teacher Mommy Club. I think you joined us right at the very beginning, didn't you? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And how has that also helped you with your just teacher life in general? Well, before the club was even in existence, I, I spent a lot of money buying resources from the website. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, you can get them all for free if you join the club. And that was, oh, well, that'll save me money in the long run instead of buying all the individual things all the time. It's really the first place I go and I need to find something to address a skill or we're trying to do a new topic. That's the first place I look and the website's organized enough that I can find what I need fairly quickly. And the Facebook group also helps because it's just kind of a sounding board. If I have a question about something, I'm able to, I could, I could post a question and see what other people are doing to 
teach something or deal with a problem in the classroom. And I like just having quote unquote friends across the country that maybe somebody's experiencing the same problems that I am and they live in Connecticut or they live in California. It's not just a outside Kansas City, Missouri kind of thing, but there's other people that can give insight also. And I love what you mentioned about like the club community and being able to like share together and how all these people, they're using the same resources that you're grabbing from too. So that's really awesome. How do you feel like the club has helped you balance your life? My, my only thing I was going to add was that like the coaching calls are great and that you can see that other people have similar concerns and issues. So it's normal. It's not when I'm feeling overwhelmed and stressed, other people are too. And Chrissy's just great with kind of breaking things down and making you see that you're not, you're not crazy, <laughs> that it's okay to feel the way you are and to kind of look at the big picture of things to change your mindset. It's not that she's performing magic with everybody. She's not like putting everybody in a trance and trying to fix them. It's just changing your mindset to look at things from above, not instead of being so emotionally invested on the spot, but look at why the situation is taking place and how, how the other parties involved would feel. And if it's just you're overwhelmed by the amount of work, well, how can you work smarter, not harder? Yes, I love I love the coaching, honestly. It's like probably my favorite part. And the thing is, we've been doing resources for like eight and a half years now, but we added coaching just in March of this year. And honestly, it is just, I feel like it really takes it to a whole new level because it, like the resources help save you time, but it's the coaching is where like the community comes together and we hear what the problems other people are having. And you're like, oh, I'm having that same problem. And you just get to learn from each other and figure out how to like shift your mindset and strategize together. So I love the coaching too. Yeah. I mean, I try to yeah, I try to put it on my calendar, like to make it a point to join. Like the other night's call, it was after we were done with dinner and the kids were in bed. And my husband said, what are you even listening to? <laughs> like, and I said, I just, I have to listen to coaching. I don't need any help with anything. I just need to listen to see if there's something that somebody else is experiencing that I might deep down be feeling too. This is my time for me. I could go take a bubble bath, but instead I'm going to listen to coaching. It really makes such a difference. Like it does for me too. Like you said, even if you're like, I'm not able to like turn on my camera or bring up a problem myself, I'm just going to listen. And you get so much just from that too. And if you're not able to make it live, by the way, if there's every time where you're like, oh, well, I have parent-teacher conferences. I mean, if it were parent-teacher conference season or whatever at that time, or just like your kids have an activity, we do have all the replays too. So um, I'll make sure to get you the podcast version because that makes it even easier to listen. So I'll make sure that you have that information when, when we're done here. So what are some of your favorite resources that you've used in the club? Oh, I made a whole list today. Oh, but, I love it. <laughs> but I mean, it all started with when I was pregnant and I used the long-term sub planner. That's how I got started with White Teacher Mommy in the first place. And so, and I still, I update my sub binder every year using that same template that I put together so long ago. I obviously have to change my schedule of who comes when and what they're working on um but i still use that um we use two different levels of the spelling curriculum and what i like about it is that the kids because i have three grade levels in there at the same time but if they look at the person's desk next to them besides that the words are different the skills are the same or the activities are generally the same so they don't even know who 
has what list, what, whatever. They, they just say, oh, yep, we're all working on spelling. And when we fill out our planner at the end of the day, they all had the same activity that they were doing for the day. So it's easy to differentiate using those different levels. We use the math riddles. We use differentiated reading passages. We use the fact fluency, the fill in the blanks, um, quick math, fixing sentences. And during COVID times, we I printed out the at-home learning packets and made copies of those and sent them to my kids. Um, we use some of the holiday pack, like the party packs, because we like to do yeah, we like to do the word searches like as early finisher activities or, you know, as a fill in for somebody. They worked really hard and got their designated tasks for the day done. So now you get to do something kind of fun. We've done the holiday spelling activities. I tried to do the secret student with my class, but just we have too many kids that are in out and they they need far, far too much guidance to actually be a secret student because, well, you're writing, you're writing to Kelsey today and then Kelsey can't do her work because her ears are perked up because you're talking about me. And so it doesn't, it just doesn't work with my situation. I can see it working in a different classroom with different students in a different setting, but with the crew that I have, it just isn't really for us. Yeah, there's definitely like, you know, you find what works for you and you found a lot that works. So I, I love hearing about that and your experiences. Was there anything else that you wanted to mention or you mentioned a lot of them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think that's, I think that that was all that I came across and everything's in binders and folders on our shelf. And I'm like, I pair today. It's like, what are you doing? I said, just seeing what all we have over here. That's from wife, teacher, mommy. I need to make a list. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks for doing that. And would you encourage the, those listening today? If they're like on the fence about joining, what would you say to them? I definitely would suggest joining even just the resources themselves. You can, the fact that joining the club, you can get as many of the resources as you want to download and that you can use. I, I, I easily spent the cost of the membership in individual resources before the club existed. So it's, it's worth it for me now. And new things are always being added. I saw that the new I spies, I think came out yesterday or this morning. I don't remember which. Yeah. There's been a lot. There's November writing prompts, reading passages. I spy. The team is really up to it. It's like every week there's something coming out for the rest of the year. There's like so much. Yeah, it's not like it's stagnant and there's absolutely nothing else being added. So I just should cancel my membership because there's nothing new. <laughs> no, there's like new things multiple times a week or at least once a week. So definitely is worth the cost to not have to go back to paying per resource or talking to you, talking to Chrissy, talking to other people, sending messages, building connections with people. Basically ditto to all of that. I love, well, I mean, and of course I'll say that, that might sound a little biased, but <laughs> I mean, I just love the club so much because I feel like it really is getting the most bang for your buck. Like we're really trying hard to make it like, that's why I'm like, okay, we're just pumping out these resources and we added the coaching. We're planning our winter break, educate and rejuvenate. I don't know if you heard who our special guest will be for that. Did you hear yet? No, we got Brie back. That's going to be fun. 
Do you have any words of hope for teachers who are struggling or just anything else that you want to say to our listeners about balancing their life as a wife, teacher, mommy, before we go? Um, I was just that no one's perfect to keep on being awesome. I mean, the impact that we make on students every day, they're going to remember all the times that you love them, that you cared for them, that you wanted them to be great. Um, it's okay to ask for help. It's also okay to say no. When you just have too much on your plate, it's okay to say, I really can't take this on right now when you're swamped with all this stuff. And then they say, could you plan the Christmas party? No, no, I'm not planning the Christmas party. Um, to give yourself grace and to celebrate your successes and that you can't be the best for them if you're not the best for yourself. So make sure you self-care for yourself and take care of Take care of yourself first so you can do your best job every day. I absolutely agree with all of that, Sarah. And I feel like you've shared so much wisdom in this episode. I hope all of you listening have some awesome tidbits from this interview that you can take so you can feel more balanced in your life. So thank you again, Sarah, for coming today. This has been so much fun. Yeah, thanks for talking to me. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you're ready to take the next step with me, then you are going to love Wife Teacher Mommy Club. Our top selling resources for pre-K through sixth grades have been used and loved by tens of thousands of teachers. And the club gives you one-click access to all of them to meet the needs of every child you teach while saving tons of time. Plus, you'll have our certified life coach in your back pocket with several monthly workshops and an Ask a Coach portal you can use 24-7. The combo of resources and coaching is our secret sauce to your best teacher life. Think of my team and I as your personal team, doing the lesson planning for you and on the sidelines coaching you and cheering you on as you focus on what you do best, impacting the children you teach. Plus, if you're loving this podcast, You'll also have access to our private podcast, Just for Members, where I continue the conversation with all of our guests with members-only bonus episodes. And don't forget the club VIP access to Educate and Rejuvenate, our summer conference, and our private Facebook community full of like-minded educators supporting each other. You do so much for everyone else, so it's time to invest in yourself. Your teacher friends, Joss, will drop when they see just how quickly you finish your planning. Not to mention the glow of the happier, more fulfilled you. Head on over to wifeteachermommyclub.com to learn more.